The Liberty Tunnel opened triumphantly in 1924, the longest vehicular tunnel in the world and the key to extending the city to the South Hills. But the real triumph is the not-so-ordinary house perched at the southern edge of Mount Washington. The four brick stacks of the Liberty Tunnel fan house tower over the surrounding houses on Sicane Avenue in this hilltop neighborhood. Here's Bill Lester, Assistant Director of Construction for PennDOT's District 11. There are two exhaust uh, shafts and there are two intake uh, shafts where we draw fresh air in from up here and we push it down into the tunnel and then we turn around and we drag the, the bad air back out. The fan house is the beating heart of the Liberty Tunnel. From here, electricity keeps the lights on, and crucially, the exhaust fans running. That exchange of air, out with the bad and in with the good, is what makes it possible to safely travel the 5,984 feet through the side of a mountain, says Lester. You know, you can drive through the tunnel without passing on. Every day, more than 34,500 cars pass through the tunnel. Lester stands with Joe Edwards, the tunnel's lead electrician, at the fenced edge of an exhaust shaft. It drops 270 feet right into the outbound tunnel, where cars are racing south. A giant fan pulls up lungfuls of acrid exhaust and pushes it out through the stack. I don't like to spend a lot of time in here. I don't like to spend a lot of time in here, he said. No one lingers in the exhaust fan rooms. It means breathing poison, something that became painfully clear when the tunnels first opened in 1924. More than two score of men and women are in a serious condition as a result of being overcome by fumes in the new Liberty Tunnels today. Poison death swept its vapors through the packed tunnels. The Pittsburgh Press reported in its evening edition that on the morning of Saturday, May 10, 1924, a record 649 cars jammed the Liberty Tunnel. Traffic officers told people to cut their engines, but the order was largely ignored, and carbon monoxide filled the space, leaving people slumped over at the wheel. The project's engineers had known all along that fumes would be a problem, so they designed a ventilation plant to pump in fresh air. But it wasn't finished until after the tunnels were open to traffic in 1925. But don't worry, nobody died. Now when something needs attention in the tunnels, an alarm rips through the fan house and the tunnel's portal offices, says Edwards. He points out a carbon monoxide monitor this is what we're all watching. They're watching this downstairs. And like I said, at 50 parts per million, they start getting alarms. And then they, they start turning on the fans and going in and check to see what's going on. They are the roughly 50 people in the city's tunnel system who ensure everything runs smoothly in the Fort Pitt, Squirrel Hill, and Liberty Tunnels. At the Liberty Tunnels, that's just six electricians, says Lester. They're the ones who make sure the lights are on and that the traffic's moving. And I mean, it goes all the way from people with flat tires in the tunnel to a major accident. People panic when lights goes out in that tunnel. It's dark and they think something's going on. And even though they got headlights on, they just panic. Anyone that's driven through a Pittsburgh tunnel and encountered that synchronized slowdown brake tapping that happens at the mouth can attest that humans in tunnels are panicky creatures. It was for just that reason that Pittsburgh city engineer W.M. Donnelly promoted a non-tunnel plan in 1914. He argued, people prefer the open air and views, not the isolation and fetid air of tunnels. He was overruled. For 90.5, WESA celebrates inventing Pittsburgh. I'm Margaret J. Krause. UPMC is proud to support 90.5 WESA celebrates inventing Pittsburgh. UPMC, life-changing medicine.